Hi guys, welcome to the Holy Grail podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to thank you for tuning in. Your ongoing support is what allows us to keep making and gradually improving our podcast. It would be a huge help if you were able to give us a like and a follow at the Holy Grail podcast on both Facebook and Insta. Click subscribe and maybe even leave a review on Spotify and Apple Music and share an episode with a mate who you think might enjoy having a listen as well. That would be so greatly appreciated. If you keep getting around us, then we can keep getting around you and staying in your ears. It's a bit weird, but it's all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Let's go. The Holy Grail Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Holy Grail Podcast. We're back again, episode 19. I'm Dory, he's Parks, and I tell you what, big old week of sport. The D's snapped the drought, finally. Bit of joy for D's fans. South are through to the big one, along with the Panthers who scrape past the storm, while the NRL off-season scandals are already in full swing. Um, There's a fair bit happening in cricket without any Aussies actually playing any cricket. The Wallabies are still winning, and Alexander Volkanovsky, you would not want to get on the wrong side of him down at the Warilla Sports Club. Let me tell you that, Parks. (laughs) How are you, Dory? I'm good, mate. I'm good. What's been happening? Uh, Thanks, mate. Look, I've been just (laughs) bathing in the glory of what sports has been over the past week. Um, It's been an absolute ripping week, and uh, I'm looking forward to just having it sit in everyone's ears as we just break down every little skerrick of it. Just dive right into it. I tell you what, there has been so much happening that, remember there was an earthquake last week? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) How about on the news last night, what happened? There was, um, oh, the one, there was an earthquake in Greece and this poor old fellow got, he got squished and he got, Killed in the in the wreckage of a church that he squished. was squished. <laughs> oh, he did. He got squished. <laughs> I'm taking the respect full out of that. Oh, oh sorry. Um, but yeah, he was killed uh, underneath the rubble of the church he was building, and all that could come up was that it was nearly of the magnitude of the one that hit Melbourne. Fuck. <laughs> Did, did I miss something? It wasn't that big, was it? Like, no. <laughs> it was pretty, I reckon... Pretty minuscule. The meme that I saw on Facebook that summed it up most, like best, I thought, was, you know, the old, like, green plastic outdoor setting. You got yeah. the green plastic table and you got the yeah. four chairs around. Yeah. There was one chair falling over and the quote was, we will rebuild. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That really sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. The most damage I saw was this old building on Church Street or something like that yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah, I think so. That it had a bit so. of roof damage, but fuck me, it wasn't that bad. Um, no one was squished in the making of the uh, earthquake. So 
At um, least we weren't squished like the old uh, Vegemite sandwich at the bottom of your bag in year three yeah. that mum packed for you three weeks ago and you've only just pulled it out. <laughs> it's got. It's actually moving. It's got that much mould on it. <laughs> oh. It's got its own heartbeat. <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, Tom, we, oh. we had such a massive week of sport, you're right, uh, that we did forget about a lot of things that were actually quite huge in... Uh, in other parts of the world. And one of those things is actually the whole COVID. We're, we're getting out of lockdown. There's a date where there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and yeah, I what never is thought the date? I'd see this day. So it is currently <laughs> sitting at, <laughs> this is what I mean, um, the 11th of October is the date that we're, we're set to hit 70%. And Ooh. those who are fully vaccinated will start to enjoy a few more of the the things and recreational activities that they used to be able to uh, That's attend. Exciting. Um, yep. So pubs will open. Uh, you'll be able to go out and have a drink. Uh, you can sit outside without a mask on while you're drinking and eating. Um, so there's heaps and heaps of things that are opening up. Uh, yeah, all right. shops, that's good. Hairdressers, everything. So that's yep. the 11th of October. So that's only two weeks away. That is only so two weeks is, away. Um, that's oh. coming up quick. And then two weeks after that, she estimates that travel around New South Wales, including within and outside of Greater Sydney, will be allowed at 80%. So, Just let them go. So she's just let letting, it, letting it rip, basically. That's good. And then that's I think good. they said the 6th of December that they'll start to let unvaccinated people um, start to enjoy those activities as well uh, as yep. they'll be able to manage it. They think um, ah. so. Yeah, there's been a lot happened that that has <laughs> kind of just slipped through the covers there. Um, just thinking about how good the Panthers were on the weekend, the D's. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, the D's, the D's were something else. But before we jump in, don't come Monday. Don't come Monday. Don't come Monday. All right, so I wasn't really sure. I didn't have anything too much planned. And then I saw mum on Sunday and she just absolutely teed off on Gil McLaughlin. She was not having a bar of it. She was like, nah, grand final, way too late, which I I think I somewhat agree with that. I what were your thoughts on that. the time slots look, having, be- um, having lived it near? Well, look, to be honest, it wasn't all that bad. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Like it, it was, was manageable. World. It was manageable. Yeah. Um, was I very pissed by the end of the game? Yes. Yes. <sighs> I don't remember yeah. quite a lot of the last quarter, um, but I know that D's poured it on. That's all that matters. Um, yes. But yes, I. Other than the fact that the the, the synergy between the NRL and the AFL on that day, mm-hmm. other than mm-hmm. that, uh, I wasn't a fan. I, yep. I prefer the daytime uh, grand final. And like, after a grand final, I don't know, if you're a D's, one of the boys from the D's, like Petrarca or something like that, you've had a massive yep. game, 40 touches, two goals. Yeah. Uh, it's like 10 o'clock over there, something like that. No, I think, because it was, remember it was the twilight. Oh, well, um, it was too. It was, it was twilight too. in Perth. It wasn't so that bad. I reckon, I've got a feeling that they might do a Twilight one next year in Melbourne. I've yeah. just got 
just sort of getting the feeling that's maybe where it's going to sort of go to. Um, yeah. Which you can kind of see the reasoning behind because a lot yeah. of the matches that get paid, played throughout the year are at night. Those who were in Perth said it was good. But, yeah, so I don't know. I reckon the sort of 4 o'clock kickoff, 4.30 kickoff, yeah. could be something in it. Yeah. But I reckon I wouldn't really like to see the quarter past seven. No, um, no. And I... look, mum had mum was having none of it. She was not impressed at all. No. She Neither also... Were the dogs, actually. <laughs> no, no. Well, they... Yeah, they were for about 12 minutes when yeah. Bont was just off the chain. Yeah. Um, but look, we'll get to it. Uh, the second one was the opera singer with no music, no background music to start it. Just had some really weird sort of vibes, like singing the national yeah. anthem and yeah. all the boys hyped up, ready to go, whatever. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know that scene on The Dark Knight Rises, the third Batman one where... Bane just like blows up the stadium and it's got those really eerie feels. I was just like, yeah, it had a lot of that for me. So I don't know. To be fair, the only anthem that I think should be sung without a, without backing music is the American national anthem because it has like, I don't know. They just always do it. They always just stick to it. There's Mm -hmm. rarely ever. And if they do throw in music to it, It'd be either a yep. band or just a bloke playing guitar to the tune of yep. Yep. Uh, Star Spangled Banner. So yep. I feel like that should be the only one that should be sung without a backing track. And I like our backing track. I feel like it should be sung with a backing track. But yep. I actually didn't listen to the, <laughs> to the national anthem, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only got into the club at like just as they were doing it. And I walked in and it was just like deathly silent. And yep. that was just, it was a bit haunting. And I was like, oh, this is a bit, yeah, you're going. Yeah. yeah. And and like no disrespect to opera singers. Is is an opera singer the right person for an AFL grand final? Wouldn't I think you get that's an, what. Wouldn't you get an AFL that's where like mum is. staple? Oh, sorry, not an AFL, an Australian staple singer from the West? Yeah. Like surely yep. there's one. <laughs> yeah, one you'd think so. You'd think um, so. I remember so, back yeah. at the Hume League, back at the Hume League Grand Final, there a couple of like a lot of years ago. Now it was some like fringe Giants player had come back. He like used to play for I don't know Colcan or Henty yep. or someone, and he come back. And for some reason, this like nineteen year old kid who just happened to be on an AFL list was called in to sing the national anthem before the <laughs> like Hume League Grand Final, and he was poor bastard was awful. <laughs> and it was just the most random yeah anyway just <laughs> don't about, dwell it was just it. about the just, spectacle wasn't it just about the spectacle yeah well um i've got you got a don't come monday i've got one more don't come monday and yeah. it's a pretty plain and simple one it's uh those melbourne dickheads that went over to the grand final and uh they're actually from victoria um oh they really snuck over and they're now behind bar. They're going to be spending time behind bars. Ooh. So I did not hear about this. Like I, I get it, right? If you're a passionate Melbourne supporter, it sucks that you can't go over and watch your team win the yep. grand final. I agree with that 100. percent But fuck me, dad. They are in the middle of one of the like biggest surges that they're ever going to they're ever going to cop in COVID. Yeah. And yep. these blokes just went. Yeah, I'm going to sneak over. Doesn't matter. They got caught, and yeah, they're not coming home Monday. I can tell you that much for free. So Ooh, naughty, um, naughty. Actually, just, just yeah. dickheads, to be honest. 
One more on dickheads. I tell you what, those people. So, you know how I've told said that Megan's TikTok is just completely full of Bailey Smith content all yeah. the time. Yeah. So she was showing me a few of these, and dickheads who go around to these AFL players who have just lost a grand final. They just want to go out, have some beers, that kind of thing, and they just get all up in their face, like phone light in their face. Saying, oh, you suck tonight. You just lost your dickhead. Ha <laughs> ha. Just, and then like posting that on social media. Like, yeah, no, just not get, it. that can get in the bin. That can yeah. get in the bin. They're just, they're just living off the, trying to live off the, never winning, them never winning a flag or, or getting close to winning a flag or anything like that. It's just, they just live off they probably couldn't, other they probably people's couldn't, defeat. They probably couldn't kick a footy. They probably couldn't drop a ball onto their foot. No, exactly right. They, they and, don't. They don't yeah. have. They don't even know a quarter of what would go on in, in their lives, and not to mention that buddy that nude scandal that was getting around with Bailey Smith. That's <laughs> completely fake. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Bailey Smith having that in the back of your head after a fucking grand final loss. Ugh. Like that's head noise. The poor kid's buddy. How old is he? He's like twenty. Like yeah, poor fella's got a lot going on. A lot on his plate. <laughs> um, so yeah, you look. look um, Anyway, don't come Monday for any of those people. Um, And Gil, maybe just check yourself. Do come Monday. You've done a pretty good job with AFL. Yeah, it was was okay. Just check yourself, champ. (laughs) Yeah. You're just going to need to do a better job next year to convince Jacinna that you're worthy of your job. That's that's all I'm saying. I tell you what, it was was a crazy game, Parks. It was. It was a crazy game. Do you want to start off? Uh, Yeah, so obviously... Dogs got out to a flyer, didn't they? They uh, went well, up no, on nine. Melbourne got. Oh, sorry, Melbourne, Melbourne got, out got to a flyer, two, actually. Two goals, but um, the dogs caught right back up and made it fairly, fairly level headed at first quarter time, and then they kind of took off in that second quarter, didn't they? Yeah, was, yeah. Um, it was pretty much just Bond. Like, yeah. Well, remember we were talking in our preview that. If, like, for the Bulldogs kick a winning score, Bontempelli yep. and Trelaw and Bailey Smith didn't, I don't think he hit the scoreboard, but those two in that sort of second and third quarter, yep. they really hit the scoreboard. Trelaw kicked two in two minutes. Bontempelli kicked two goals in the second quarter, and then they got out. Jason Johannesson took an absolute screamer there just yeah, after halftime, went back and kicked it. And then when Bontempelli snapped on his left from about 40 out, they were like, the dogs were out to 19 points. Looked like that Bont had just caught fire and there was no one who was going to put him out. But yeah, for some reason, the like, I saw some stat that like Melbourne, are, Melbourne were plus 490 points or something for the season in second halves. Yeah, right. Um, and so they've, they've been finishing pretty strong. Just how they wrestled that momentum back was, well, I mean, honestly, I was pretty pissed when I was watching it, so I'm not really sure exactly yeah. how it happened. But they managed to kick a couple of goals. I think Bailey Fritch got on the end of two in sort of two minutes and nearly got it back to level pegging. Yeah. Um, but it's just insane to think that from, so the halfway point of the third quarter, the 16-minute mark, the Ds, so from when Bontempelli kicked that goal, the D scored 16 goals for 100 to the Bulldogs' one goal, one, seven. Then that one goal, one was late in the last quarter. Yeah, really late junk time. Um, um, Trelaw, that was. Yeah, 
So, yeah, it was an absolute demolishing in that second half. So it's pretty much, um, you can actually see, like, looking at the timeline, it's literally just prior to um, halfway through the third quarter, dogs yep. just they just didn't score again until, yep. like, late. I think it's like the 20, 20th minute, I think it was, that Trelaw got get the goal. So Bailey Fritch, my boy, kicked six. I had him. Was he? Remember, I mentioned last. I mentioned that he would be the highest um, goal scorer. I thought he might kick three, maybe four. Kick six, which kick is six. equal the most in a grand final. Equal with like Lee Matthews and yeah, um, I don't know, like Jason Dunstall and yeah. Gary Ablett and all these sort of people. Yeah. Um, for I don't know. I think like the people who have kicked six goals in a grand final. They are some elite names. Oh, it's so, elite company, hey, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, and for a and young Bailey fella Fritch. like Bailey, that, oh. that was so good. And the bloke who we, like, like we've been saying that he's been doing well, but he just looks so, he just doesn't look like a bloke who's going to kick six goals in a grand final. No, yeah, he's 100%. Sort of, yeah. Like, he's undersized, he's pretty light, he's, like, got decent marking and he's, he's decent on the ground, but he just has I don't know he just kicks goals he just finds a way he's, to get on the end of goals he's fucking quick I noticed that he yes. would just yes. get three or four metres on his opponent every single time yep. he led and there weren't ridiculous like um, different routes they weren't really like weird kind of lines that he was running he was yep. he was running fairly simple lines and just no one could keep up with him and um, yep. yeah he put on an absolute clinic I don't know who was playing on him do you remember Oh, no. I think they would have thrown a few on him. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. Oh, it was that um, Williams Bailey Williams. I think because he dropped Williams. that. Remember he he dropped that mark oh, really yep, yep. like it was fairly straightforward. He'll mark it ninety nine times out of a hundred, but he's yep. put that one down. Bailey Fritch has scooped it up and made him pay straight away. Yeah, um, yeah. Christian Petrarca. I tell you what. Pretty deserving Norm Smith medal. Oh, wasn't it? 40 disposals. He was incredible. 39 disposals, 21 kicks, 18 handballs, two goals, one. Like, that is game of the ages. And He's, not far yeah. behind him, too, was um, with it, without being, he was on the losing team. But Caleb Daniel was ridiculous, too. Yeah. He was so good. Just, Especially in that first half when the yeah. dogs are really, like, kicking off, looking like they might cause a bit of damage. He was yeah. really, really good. Christian yeah. Petrarca with nine clearances as well. <laughs> yeah. um, he was just absolutely dominant through the middle. And when they yeah. got that roll on, it was actually... So you called out... Um, who's the big fella? Lukey Jackson. Lukey Jackson. You said that Lukey Jackson would have a pretty quiet game. I tell you what, that kid was good. He, he when, played a good game. Yeah. When Melbourne started... like. They really started wrestling that ascendancy back in the third quarter. They yep. threw him into the like into the rack, and he just became an extra midfielder with um, I think it was Petrarca and Oliver and probably Viney, and yep. they just started absolutely dominating, streaming out of the um, midfield. And yep. the dogs midfielders who we've like talked about how good they are time yeah. and time again this year, they just had no answers for him. They had, yep. couldn't stop him. See, I don't think that the dogs midfield were that bad. Like you look at their their stats, they actually played quite a good game, most of them. Yeah. Um, but just nothing could keep they couldn't keep up with yeah. um 
could keep up with them. But I t- just talking before we get away, talking about that AFL fantasy, who would have the least fantasy yes. points. You wouldn't believe it, but Kyron Pickett had because um, I pick it. Cause sorry, pick it. Um, had nineteen. He had the least. I thought. So, I did get the feeling that he was. How many did um? Who did you end up? Cody Waitman. Oh, I can't remember. I can't yeah. remember. Is I Cody know. Waitman down there somewhere too? Cody Waitman, twenty eight. Looked. He looked like a bloke who was seriously knocked out a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and then head butted the post as well head butted the post in about the first two minutes rattled him oh. in the rest of the game barely saw the ball and he will Norton be was terrible yeah. kicked one goal yeah, yeah they um they just really missed well the only time they looked dangerous going forward was when bont went to pretty much full forward yeah. and then he just came out he took two really strong contested marks went back and converted yeah. in the second quarter there but outside of that like Josh Bruce I think they really missed him yeah um, big time like I know he's been out for I don't know it'd be a good six weeks now but yeah. just that that really good strong presence down there to sort of help Norton out um, yeah. yeah they struggled with that but um, even like looking at it um, like Melbourne's backline were just never under pressure. Like none of them really fired either. Like none of them really had a massive game. Stephen May saw a bit of the ball, but not heaps. Um, Jakey Lever had a fair bit of ball, but once again, not not like his best game. And it's yep. just because they just had really no pressure. Dogs never really got it forward. And and like you said, when you, when they did, it was straight down Bont's throat, and he was just yep. taking. Absolutely screen. He had a ripping game, Bont, to oh, be fair. Um, he was, like, it was a genuine captain's knock. Yeah. And he he just, like, nearly dragged him along. He nearly yeah, exactly. just bought them all with him. Um, another really impressed, another bloke from Melbourne who really impressed me was Angus Brayshaw. Yeah. He had a couple of huge moments there in the third quarter. So, I think he took a really gutsy, like, back with the flight mark. Yeah. Um, and like full stretch dive, couldn't say anything, went back and converted that. I think that might have pretty much put Melbourne in front or got them back mm. within a couple of points. Anyway, it pretty much made it even. And he then, there was a couple of defensive efforts in the next like few minutes where he got back to the forward 50, uh, to the defensive 50, made a couple of really good spoils, one over Bont, one over Shacky. And, like, from that point, you could just see that the momentum was really shifting and the dogs had no answers. But you know how, yeah. when, like, it looked like the Melbourne team, they just couldn't do anything wrong. Like, they were just running past the Bulldogs. They just had that extra lease of life on the back of that. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know, it's a really simple one, but me and Matty Mallon were just sitting there watching it, both pretty pissed. And we yeah. were just like... Look at the numbers on the screen. There's, there's eight Melbourne jerseys against two doggies. Like yeah. it was just they would just wanted they were just hunting that ball so much harder. Yeah. Um. And the dogs just had no answers for it. Yeah. And um. Like I like you said that it was just that composure around the stoppage. Like didn't matter how many numbers dogs sent. It was just if it was like scrap ball. Yeah, Melbourne just seemed their midfield just seemed to be collective, like collectively cleaner with their yep. hands, with their their movement, and never yep. really looked like they were under pressure mm-hmm. as such. 
It always looked like they were, you know, they were rushing stuff, but it wasn't like panic ball. Whereas I think no. Dogs would spend a fair bit, of, especially that second half, that third quarter after they started going down, they spent a lot of it. Like they they took their foot off the gas a little bit, and then all of a sudden it was panic ball, and they just weren't clean with anything when they got a chance, and it it showed. And Demons capitalised. They just came up clutch. Yeah, the D's were just they were, and they just had that stream of numbers. Like they mm. always had someone to give it to. They always had like an outlet option. Yeah, to sort of give it to, and it just yeah, just when you get on that roll, I you know can't say I've played in many completely dominating teams before, <laughs> but you can just imagine when you get on a roll like that, you've just got numbers streaming yeah, exactly. through. You've got so many options, um, and then just another shout out to Gussie Brayshaw. Then afterwards, he's got his cigar, oh, like he's sitting there on the ground, got his cigar, and then he popped his champagne and had the big like ski goggles on. So he was going like genuine NBA, NBA final. Yeah, full NBA final celebration. So he just really cemented himself as yeah. like a really, really quality performance on the night. Really Not quality. Wrong. Um, and last little um, one. And then Jake Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. He's, you've got something on him? Uh, Jake Bowie. The kid Bowie. is, yeah, he was Never really good. Never heard of him, he's that he's that tiny little redhead kid. He's played seven games, won seven matches, and has a premiership. So he was the one I was comparing to um, Nath Jones there a few weeks ago. The fact that Jones has played like three hundred games and has missed out, and this kid's just snuck into the team at the right time, um, and is now a premiership player after seven games, which is pretty incredible. It's pretty elite. It's a bit, bit of the same story. We'll talk about him later, but like Taff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's just pretty sick. It's pretty sick to think. Yeah, seven games, right seven timing. wins. But I tell you what, taking his opportunities, like he just got in as like a back pocket kind of a good ball user. Um, but just like early on when it was really hot, there was a couple of times he showed really good composure. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Jakey Bowie as well. Yeah, big time. Um, I see in our notes here, Tom, you've you've uh, yep. spoken about who won our competition now, I yes. have actually, I wrote a post about it and put it up on our socials last night, just uh, congratulating the the winners. Um, so we'll just go over that just real quick. Uh, have just, you got them there? I just got to find the post. Yeah. Here it is. So uh, our winner and exact margin. Now, if anyone guessed the exact margin, <laughs> I probably would have bought a slab for you. Because oh. um, that would have been one hell of a guess. Melbourne um, was 74. 74. <laughs> now, we were willing to be you know, fairly lenient. We'd give you probably the closest if you were within you know, 10, 10 points, points, 12 points, yeah. something like that. But uh, the closest we could get was Cullen Slattery with 41 uh, points. Um, Still five goals off. That's that's a fair whack. <laughs> that's thirty three points off. So, unfortunately, we're we're not going to give that one to you, Cohen. I'll give you a crisp high five when I see you next, mate. Um, our Norm Smith. Now, there's a couple people that guess truck, um, but Nachos was the one that guessed first. So, Nick Nachos Anderson. Uh, congratulations, and mate. Shout out to Nachos too. I'm pretty sure he got his selection in within like three minutes of posting yeah, up. So yeah, he was on to it. First in best dress, just got straight in there. Uh, picked right. Well done, Nachos. 
So first goal, no one actually picked Truck either. Don't worry, I would never have picked Truck as well. <laughs> um, so we were, we've decided that we're going to be a bit more kind than sports bet. Um, as, and we've given uh, the second goal scorer, which was uh, Bailey Fritsch. Yep. Um, and so Sesso actually guessed that one, Michael Sissier. Uh, yep. but I don't believe when I try to tag him, I couldn't tag him. So I think that he mightn't like the, like the page. So if he doesn't like the page, I don't know, he better get in quick and like it. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah he better, so. he better get onto it because <laughs> otherwise, um, blocker's going to get, going to get that six pack, unfortunately, because <laughs> he's the better brother has, has actually, yep. uh, liked the page. So but congratulations, Sesso. You, you're the, the winner of the second six-pack. Um, and then the weird thing that happened on the night. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember any of this, Tom. Maybe we can um, talk about it here. But do you remember any weird things that happened on the night that some of our grailers uh, would have actually guessed correctly? Look, I don't really think so. No. I don't think there are any real left-field ones. I could be wrong, and I'm happy to be pulled up on it. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, you there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I lost it there. <laughs> so. No, that's um, all right. So we decided that we went with Butch. So Butch has commented. Yep. Let me just find the comment. Um, might take me a little bit here. Where are we? Kombucha, there we go. Holy Grail will be mentioned at least once by one of the commentators. Now, I... <laughs> Can't see how it wouldn't have been mentioned at some point in the night because, as we should know, uh, the Holy Grail is basically the theme song to uh, AFL yep. Grand Final. Yeah. And yep. it's also our podcast. So we thought that was wholesome content. Um, and there's some bloody good ones in there. Like, I'm just looking through it. Uh, Meatloaf secretly to be the halftime entertainment by Toby Lawler. That's good. That's good value. Not bad. Not I would bad. have liked that. Um, what else have we got? <laughs> Gussie McLaughlin, Basil Zeppelin will <laughs> call the final moments of the game and absolutely ruin one of the greatest grand final Actually, things of all time. Now, just quickly, just quickly on Basil. I don't know if you picked this up, Parks, but the Prince of Perth was very keen to make this grand final the Basil Brush Show. It was it was the Basil show, and <laughs> and he's got up there. He's on the mic, and he said the winning coach of Melbourne, Simon Goodwin, and then just loving the sound of his voice so much, hasn't even given Goody a chance to say anything. So <laughs> so Simon Goodwin does didn't get to make coach's address because Basil was just like nah, this is the Basil show. Everyone else can say Goody, you're the you're a premiership coach, but you got nothing on the Prince of Perth, baby. <laughs> oh, so Jesus, so look, Gussie, you could make a could make a case for Gussie as well because yeah. Basil did make a meal of it. Yeah. Anyway, that, we'll that sort it true. out. Um, and then there was a couple other ones. Uh, Kate Anderson had gone to do a shoey at halftime. Now, is a shoey of Gatorade? Is that like possibly? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I sense a bit of. Bit of bias here. Bit of bias, possibly. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. I thought it was just funny. Uh, <laughs> no, that's um, good. That's good. And then Nath Jones. Uh, this is uh, Tooley. Nath Jones to make a surprise appearance and hold the cup 
cup up screaming <laughs> here it is <laughs> that's that's a proper sydney swan supporter right there yeah yeah that's not bad. that is great um but yeah thanks for getting in on that guys we are going to do another one for the nrl grand final this weekend uh dory yep. and i will get that organized and put it up probably tomorrow give you a couple of days to get it uh get it sorted yeah i'll see um, how i go I'll see how and- i go um, Game's not till Sunday, so I got a bit of got a bit, got of, time a bit of time. So um, we'll come up with a couple of questions, a couple of things to have a guess at, uh, yep. and we'll go on the draw again. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit of good fun. So congratulations to everyone. Ah, uh, that's good. That's good. Glory, fucking glory, baby! Woo! Spare me. Spare. I'll let you take over Friday night. Uh, yeah, it was. My zone it was out. A bit of a, it was a bit of a demolition job, actually. <laughs> Rabbits 36-16 over the Seagulls. Hey, look. We said that if you stop Tommy, then you stop the Seagulls. Everyone oh. in the NRL has said it all year. And I'll tell you what. They came out and, look, actually, the Seagulls had two tries in the first half that were both disallowed. Yeah. One where Tommy dropped the ball over the line and another obstruction one. Um, And that, look, definitely hurt them. But I tell you what, the Rabbits were on fire. Their attack was just, it was good. Cody Walker was unreal. Scored a couple. How good was that kick from Damian Cook? Oh. Left boot snap to was it Cody Walker running? It through? was Cody Walker coming back oh. through the middle. Yeah, oh. that was actually sentimental. And the fact that he had to like like Morgan Harper should have absolutely eaten Damian Cook alive. Like yeah. he had the ball on the spot, and then just his acceleration is just so slippery. He just got out and around, drops yeah. the ball on his wrong foot, dribbles it in, and I tell you what, yeah, Cody Walker just there. Puts it over. Um, another one I really loved was the Jackson Paulo or the actual Michael Jackson Paulo, his second try, where he's gone up, taken the catch over the top of Ruben Garrick, and then just moonwalked his way, got all backwards the whole like last eight meters to put it over the line. That was that was just party time antics. That was An- another an- any anyone that doesn't support South Sydney would say that that was fucking arrogant, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty. It was it was a bloody good take. Um, was it Ruben Garrick that was he was going up against? I think so. Yeah. 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 Soft as fucking piss. <laughs> like soft as fucking piss. Had oh. like didn't even. Hey, that's look my like mate. Wanted, <laughs> didn't even look like he wanted the ball there. Um, but yeah, no, it was a bloody good take back under pressure. Um, yeah. and fucking going pretty quick too. He was pretty much a full flight. There. Um, so it was pretty good. Um, couple of shout outs, uh, for players as well. Campbell yep. Graham, um, Bunny's right center was really, really solid. He is one of the better defensive, uh, centers in the game. Um, yep. managed to cross over as well. He was just super, super solid. Um, yep. And Cam Murray, 
I don't have his stats in front of me, but my lord, that man, every time he gets the ball, he scary, just bends yeah. the line back every single time. He's like, scary. He half gets a, at least a half break every single time he touches the ball. He is very good. And from that, like, Damien Cook just gets a run out of dummy half or, you know, I don't know, the Rabbits forward depth was really impressive. Um, yep. Jai Arrow coming off the bench was really good. Big yep. Tommy Burgess, good. And, yeah, and in fairness, the Seagulls lost. Sean Kepi has been one of their, like, real enforcers the last few weeks. Yep. He's one of their front rowers, been playing really well. Um, but he early. copped a head knock, yeah, in about the first two minutes yep. and was out then. So that definitely hurt them. Yep. But look, glory, glory, baby. Going all yeah. the way. Look, the the Rabbits, no doubt, outplayed the, the Seagulls completely. One question that I've got for you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, are you worried about Blake Taft's kicking? You know, put well, under pressure. You've got yeah. – you're both scoring pretty high rates next week. Yeah. Or so this week. Yep. Like, are you you're backing, are you backing Blake Taft to slot them all? Well, that was another thing. So, Adam Reynolds – Apparently has a groin issue. Yeah. Um, it looked like he was moving all right, but he didn't kick for the first like thirty yeah, minutes Cody of the game. Was it was like, yeah, it was like he needed it to warm up before he was able to kick. Yeah, it might be a different story in the grand final. Like, you know, he might just go, "Oh fuck it," he needs to kick. He'll just kick. But I am a little worried. Although that's the best kicking performance I've seen Blake Taff give. So. He wasn't too bad. What was it? Four from seven or something four like that? Four from seven, yeah. Um, and look, a couple of like tough out wide ones there. Oh, don't well. get me wrong. There um, was a couple of tough ones, but you know the, but the best kickers do, in the league, they yeah. slot them. And I do um, get a little bit worried about it. Yeah. Just a little. Just a yeah. little. Um, but yeah, so look, it was an impressive performance. Um, Benji Marshall threw to his first grand final. Yeah, um, you'd have to think it'd be his last game of his career. Yeah, he's, that's his first grand final since 2005, which was his famous flick pass um, yeah. all the way back then. And he was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 or something back then. Um, and so that's 16 years later, he's back to the big dance. Craig Bellamy uh, gunning to win. I think it's his, it's his third club that he's gunning to win a premiership with. He's won yeah. seven already, um, and he's he'd be the first player, he'd be the first coach ever to do it with three different clubs. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Reynolds' last game before he goes to the Broncos. Dan Gagai's yep. before he goes to Newcastle. There's yep. just some real like there's some real good stories like storylines with the Rabbitohs. Yeah. I like most people, me included wrote them off mid-season when they were getting smashed by the Storm and the Panthers by like 50 points there when they had a fair few injuries around origin time. Yep. I think most people wrote them off again when Latrell Mitchell got suspended for the season. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, like if Latrell's in this team now, you look over that Rabbits team and you're like, Phew, that is a good team. That's a good team, isn't it? Hardly any... Um, like just doesn't really have any weak links no. from one through to literally 17. It's really, really strong. Yeah. With Blake Taff 
at fullback. It's you, we've questioned him the last three or four weeks, but he's got it done the last three or four weeks. So it'll be it'll be a bloody good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty keen. Pretty keen. Yeah, I reckon look, they're a good shot. And um, I was just gonna say too. I don't think Rabbits really had to stop Tommy. He didn't uh, didn't have the greatest game, Tommy. Yeah. Um, he got over a couple of times. Got that first one disallowed, then got those late tries. Um, but you know, like he's he's expected to capitalize on those ones. That one that he dropped yeah. could be. Yeah. That's be that's holding. bread and butter. That's bread yeah. and butter stuff. Exactly right. Um, so it's just sim- simple so, things like that that let them down. Yeah. Uh, Jason Saab was super quiet. Dropped a dropped yeah. one early. Um, yeah, and he got bundled into touch there. Once or twice early yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, Something that's actually going to be unfortunate for him being so tall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that his center of gravity is, is going to be a lot easier to tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Than a lot of you know smaller, stockier wingers that are as quick as him. So. Yeah. Um, he's yeah he's got to learn some, a way to either put on a bit of muscle, a bit of core muscle, see if he can get his uh, get a bit more weight behind him. So I can hold off those because he's just going to go into touch every time. Yeah, um, yep. unfortunately. Um, um, so yeah, but look, that's enough on that's enough on the Seagulls because they're fucking out, baby. <laughs> um, Let's move on to the better games. <laughs> oh, I, no, this was a great game because these two just smashed the shit out of each other. Yeah, for eighty minutes straight in yep. an absolute slugfest. What that that last I think it was last ten minutes of the first yep. half was like ridiculous. Like the Panthers looked like they'd played a full eighty minutes once yep. the like without yeah. stopping. They yep. were fucked and like Storm gave them everything but just couldn't seem to get through. And um yeah, look, that's Stephen Crichton um try at the start of the game, that was just like yep. old baby. Oh, but look out. Yep. <laughs> look out. This is going to be good. This is going to be a great yep. game. So, um, yeah, I, I, I remember watching this one. I wasn't as pissed when I watched this one. So, it was <laughs> uh, it was, it was, was bloody good game to watch. Um, yep. What were your thoughts on it, Tom? Well, I can't say I was watching it too closely. We were at the Oakland's Golf Club um, yep. playing... You know fingers, how everyone puts the finger in yeah, the yep. like on the thing, and then three, two, one, three, and if there's three left, I was playing that with um, about five of my mates and dad, so that was good fun while this game <laughs> did, was on. Did you kill? <laughs> did you kill Mick? Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, I had to save him there once. He had oh. a he got himself a Bundy rum or something. I was like, oh, I'll go your oh, Harvey's, no. dad, I'll go your Harvey's. Oh. <laughs> Don't want mum to be too annoyed at you oh, when you finally get home. Um, anyway, all good. Um, um, so I did. I was keeping an eye on this. Christian Welsh going down early was a huge loss for the Storm. He's a really like just a workhorse prop, um, and he was a big loss. And then did you you would have seen that one where Jerome Lua just got his head pretty much decapitated from oh, Cam Munster. That and was Bernie, and, and no Bernie Sutton, Jerry Jared Sutton just says no. Nah, no penalty, no worries, boys. Yeah, it's like what? <laughs> what the fuck? It's genuinely like ridiculous. The the shit that goes on in the NRL at the moment, like yeah, it's you cannot the, the inconsistency in the decisions that the umpires make is ridiculous. 
and I hope that I hope to God that they they either just let it play in the grand final or they they make it interesting and throw everyone in the bin. Oh, I don't um, know. Um, but how that wasn't even a penalty, I don't know. But then Luai, so Luai went off for the HIA, came back on. He was fucking knocked out too. In his post-match interview, he says, I blacked out for a second and I was feeling really dizzy. Like, <laughs> That's bruh. like, don't go back on the field. Can, can you please give me a definition of concussion? Concussion symptoms. They are blacked <laughs> out dizziness. No, <laughs> oh. Panthers were just like, nah, he's all good, all good. And he went on and... Um, and I think there might have been another one with Cleary where he copped a bit of a head knock too. Um, yeah, he he was bit, but. he was very doughy too. But yeah. he actually um, he he has had a bad record of sticking his head in places he shouldn't stick his head and, and just kind of like walking away from him. Yeah, um, yeah. So and, they both got away with it. Which yeah. look, I don't know. I don't want to get into too like too much know about that but they i reckon it just would have been interesting if they had have been ruled out with those hias but yeah is what it is i think the panthers were the better side and storm just didn't look very damaging in attack i didn't think yeah no they they seemed to like right that last like last 10 minutes of that first half they, that's yep. when they looked their most dangerous um yep. and I, like i was thinking shit they're gonna score a couple times here um, yeah. But they just didn't seem to get through the the credit the Panthers. Their defense was bloody unreal, um, yeah. and they just like all all hopes gone. They were just like literally just hold on, boys. With just a couple more minutes, couple more minutes, they just dug yeah. in and um, and kept them out and did a bloody good job of it. Because I reckon that most teams would have sufficed the the storm that day. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I thought it was an absolute ripper of a match, um, and it was bloody good to see pink and purple the week before the game. <laughs> I couldn't be the more pink excited Panthers. to see the yeah, pink and purple. Pink play and, each purple. Other. and they did. They went pink and purple. The bloody scoreboard was pink and purple. They were all for it. For it. <laughs> so all embracing it. So good on the uh, NRL for just you know embracing that little bit of. Um, we're just losing that bit of toxic masculinity. It's good to see. It is good to see. Well, well, they fucking earned it back in, in the off season already. It's only oh, been one week. Ever. <laughs> haven't they ever? So, look, the Cheese and Munster. Well, Cheese hurt his shoulder early in the game, and Munster was just off all day. Yeah. But I tell you what, I don't know if they were off on uh, Sunday or Monday. Because there's been a couple of videos floating around. Mate, what is the go with people like which Storm player thought, yeah, I'm going to get my phone out and record here. Like, oh. it, imagine being that bloke. Like, imagine what Cheese and Munster would be doing to that bloke right now. Uh, like, look, I don't know, man. I don't oh. know. But look... That's absolute stupidity. Oh, it is. Like, like 100%. just filming that is just absolute stupidity. Doing it obviously is too. Yeah. Um, the, but did you hear about Reese Walsh, the um, yeah. Warriors gun? So he's yeah. on the Gold Coast and he had a bag of cocaine in his pocket. Yeah. 
the police didn't search him initially. They just asked him. I don't know if he'd been kicked out of the pub or if, you know, the pub had closed and he just got to move on. Like they were just telling everyone to move on. And he's yeah. like, nah, I'm not going anywhere. I want to go back in there. Like he's literally got the whole of the Gold Coast that he can go out in. Yeah. He's still fine. He hasn't done anything wrong to this point. And he just stands up to the police and just goes, nah, not moving. So they're like, you know, they would have had to give him plenty of warnings before yeah. they arrested him. So he's just kept going at him, not, not going. They've arrested him, taken him back to the cop shop, found cocaine on him, and now he is in big trouble. He, didn't co- he did come out and give an apology straight away. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that – but, yeah, I don't know. It's um, – Yeah. Well, he ended up, just I think dumb. because of it, he's, uh, he lost the Rookie of the Year by the length of his nose. So yes, um, yes, I think you could be. I think you could be right. <laughs> I thought he had it in the bag. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh, oh. Um, but yeah, no, it's just not like it's it's great fun for me and you to watch Tom because we just see this all this unfolding and just going, holy shit, this this just, is gonna blow just up. Just content, just content. Um, but I can tell you right now. Uh, Cam Cam Munster, Cheese, and and Reece Walsh, uh, they're they're going to be in a bit of bit of strife. Yep. These boys, yep. and they will be. It seems to be something that Cheese and Munster have been kind of linked to. They're the bad. They're the the party boys of of the they league. Are the party boys, and that is they, true. They have a crack, and <laughs> they just seem to get caught doing it. And it's just it's oh. not a good look for the Storm either. Um, such a nah. meant to be one of the more prestigious clubs getting around yep. the NRL, and they just yep. got blokes doing bags everywhere. That's something that unfortunately the Red V's should be linked to, or something <laughs> like that, but they're not. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. So, look, we've we're well, we've still got the grand final to come, so we'll be definitely watching this space for the NRL off season scandals because. Yep. They are off to a absolutely flying start. Um, just yep. quickly before we move on, uh, the Rabbits or the Panthers, who's going to win, do you reckon? Uh, oh, I'm going to go with the Rabbits. I You're think. going the Rabbits. I'm Good going boy. The Rabbits. I, Good boy. Um, I think that they're, they're all-around team. I think the Panthers looked a little bit buckled from the storm. Yep. Uh, and yep. The, Pan- uh, the Rabbits are just going in hot, and they've got the team to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute great... It's going to be a ripping game. Yeah. It's going to be such a good game. But yeah, I'm going with Rabbits. Two really well-rounded teams. Like, like yep. hardly a weak spot in them, as we've said. Um, the Rabbits have had two... Well, they've had the week off last week and then they only really played about 50 or 60 minutes of the game on Friday night. Like, they were just in cruise mode after that. Yeah. Um, whereas the Panthers have had three really, really tough... Um, games, well, they, they had the game against the Rabbits there, round one, just got over the Eels, and then they've just got over the Storm. Look, in fairness to them, they're winning gritty, and look, you just, they're getting it done, but I don't know. I'm obviously going the Rabbits, but yeah, yeah. I think they, like, they they looked pretty pri- they looked pretty primed to be able to, yeah, do a bit. Yeah, well, I what you've got here, the Kid Leroy versus 1-4. Is that oh yeah, South Sydney versus West Sydney. 
Oh. <laughs> it's the Mountie Bop versus the I don't know whatever you do in South South Sydney, whatever <laughs> whatever the dance moves moves are going around in Redfern. <laughs> oh, that's oh. a shit suburb. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, that's my team. I've been to Redfern twice. <laughs> Don't think you want to go back either. Um, you've got here fucking COVID strikes again too. So uh, yeah, there's so been a bit of a breakout. This? Yeah, I've, I just read it actually a couple of hours yep. ago. Um, been a bit of a breakout of cases in Brisbane. A few a few workers kind of just a bit of... Yeah, few, I heard... A few exposure heard, sites have popped up and yeah. there's a fair just a bit little of bit, Just a little bit bubbling away. Yeah. Just won't just go away, bit. will it? No, I won't fuck off, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, they've got they've put it, it's put a bit of a, a a black shadow over the the grand final, which is meant to be, I think, a capacity. Um, yes, it and is. so it is meant to be. And so you know, I I'm not I don't know her personally, but uh, the Queensland Premier sure knows how to lock shit down quickly. Yeah. And if she's got anything to do with it, it won't be a capacity. So um, I wouldn't be surprised even, to, yeah. to see um, see, a, uh, see that uh, grand final get uh, certain sections shut off, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Or Townsville is on standby as well. Townsville uh, on standby. So do you yeah, think that... So, so obviously, so there was going to be a play at Suncorp Stadium. How do you reckon they logistically? Because it's sold out already. How do you oh, think that they mate. logistically get that ready, mate? That's well above my pay grade. I've got no fucking idea how you would pull that off. But yeah, yeah, don't know whether you just go unlucky, refund all those tickets, and then sell the Townsville ones after I don't know in like a couple of days. They probably would sell, but be a nightmare. Yeah, because. It it just doesn't seem like that's the best idea, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't know. It's a it's yeah, a big thing that, that they've got to decide by Sunday. I know that yeah. it's it's Wednesday today, and shit, we don't know if we're gonna we don't know where we're playing. It got to be the hard. It's got to really... be hard for the rabbits or the Panther and the Panthers. Yeah, like thinking right. Oh, are you playing at Brisbane? Are we playing at Townsville? Are we yeah traveling fucking two days before we're. St- playing in a grand yep. final it's you know it's it's got to be an annoying um as, as it has been annoying for everyone this year i think i think it's one of those ones though the last two years it's like everything's annoying everything's different nothing's really like a perfect linear you know preparation for anything so yeah i think like i don't know i don't think they'd mind the players too much they're either training on a ground in brisbane or they get a quick you know, bus or flight up to Townsville. Yeah. And then they train at a ground there. I don't think it'd be a huge. It wouldn't be that bad, but it is, it is another thing to keep in mind that those teams are already, I'd say in Brisbane, uh, prepared to play Suncorp. So, um, you never know. Could throw a span in the works. You could see rabbits shit the bed. (laughs) I can hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just quickly, we'll brush over it. Uh, we see that, uh, Turbo won the Daily M last night. Last oh, night? Oh, yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah. Last night. Yeah, yeah. he did. Um, so, did. congratulations to Tom Trebojevic. Unfortunately, not getting his team through the big dance, but 
had an excellent year, and he won Wasn't by one by, one by five votes. Was that right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't actually but see it. He won by five votes and only played 15 games for the year. Yeah. So yep. Unreal. You can imagine how big he would have won by if he'd played those other 10 games. So yep. um, obviously... Uh, you've got down here NRL team of the year. Obviously, your fullback would have to be Tom Trevojevic. It is turbo. So I'll just run through it quick. Um, yep. So Toto and my best mate, Ruben Garrick, uh, yep. the wingers. Yep. Justin Olam from Melbourne. And your best mate, Matty Burton Matty in the centres. Yep. i tell you what, our boys, just a nice little combo out there on the right edge. Isn't it? That's, that's delicious. It's so um, good. <laughs> Um, Walker and Cleary as your halves, um, yep. fairly, yeah, all fairly, um, normal. I would have thought Isaiah yep. Yo has picked Cam Murray as the lock, which look, there's five Panthers in here, I think, and only one Rabbitohs player. So yeah, right. make of that what you will, but it's <laughs> stiff, I dare say. Um, <laughs> and only, oh no, there's two Storm players. Never mind. Um, Kikau and Isaiah Papali'i are the... Uh, back rowers yep. and then Payne Haas and James Fisher-Harris fair enough the two big front rowers and Brandon Smith in yep. the number nine so, yep. okay, I, so I don't yep. have a problem with that list whatsoever yep. I, I, I just I think Cam Murray is the best forward in the competition comfortably yep so I <laughs> the only yeah no I could probably agree with that Isaiah Yo's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah. it's, it's not a bad team. Not a bad little team. No, it is. It's a pretty good team. I tend to agree with you. I think that Cam Murray, probably a little bit stiff there, had an excellent yeah. origin series. Um, the Probably the only thing that uh, bumps up Isaiah Yo is that he's a skipper. Um, so that probably gives him a yeah. few, few brownie points here and there. Well, so. Cam Murray will be uh, as soon as the Rabbitohs win on um, Sunday because Reynolds will be out and he will be a beautiful little replacement. All right, let's move on. Move on. Cricket. Um, So... I've just got down here that there is a shitload happening in cricket without anyone really, but certainly no Aussies are actually playing. So in the last week, um, obviously India pulled out of their England tour. New Zealand and England have both pulled out of their respective series in Pakistan. Um, And England are supposedly threatening to pull out of the ashes in Australia. So pretty much no one wants to play cricket anymore. No, it's um, gone down the drain. The English are cracking the shits um, that they're not going to have their families or like just the Australian quarantine restrictions. Yep. ScoMo thinks he's been a fucking hero by saying, no, nah, you're not any different to anyone, so you can go get in the bin. Um, <laughs> and so it's sort of popping off a little bit. Um, I imagine, though, that they will just end up coming to do their two weeks quarantine in some beautiful resort somewhere. It's not um, a hard life, is it? And then they'll, oh, I tell you what, British, they'll bring out their wives, they'll bring out their families, they'll do their two weeks quarantine yep. in some 
five-star tropical resort and then they'll come and play cricket, surely. So I think it's all just I think it's all just media blowing up, just giving yeah. some stories for us yeah. to talk standard, about. Standard COVID shit. Yeah, yeah, standard COVID shit. Um, yeah. So the IPL is around. Now, I'm not going to get into all the... It, like you know all the nitty-gritty of the IPL yep. but what I have noticed is that Warner has been dropped from the Sunrisers Hyderabad so that's the team that he's captain for like the last five or six years <laughs> um, he's been dropped Smithy can't get a game Stoinis has done his hamstring and Hazelwood is getting pumped <laughs> so not oh. exactly great signs for the Aussies considering like they're what four of like our most important maybe six players yeah and they are not getting a slight look in in the IPL yeah um which is great science for the T20 World Cup in a month I still don't really think anyone really cares about the T20 World Cup much except probably me no it's it's unfortunately it's just it's um yeah T20's taken a bit of a weird route since the BBL has just gone a bit too far I think, yeah, I think especially in Australia, I think everyone's of, just sort of over it a bit. Yeah, lost a lot of interest in it and yeah. uh, kind of just seeing it as just another uh, another bit of another bit of cricket. And there's yeah. a lot of cricket that goes on with all your BBL, all your IPL, yeah. everything else that goes on there. Um, so it's but the at the same World time, just kind of gets blended in. At the same time, our daddies India have told us that, like, the IPL is, like, the IPL in India is fucking huge and it will be a priority for all players because they go over there for, like, six weeks and they make a stupid, like, one to two mil every yeah. time, like, for six weeks worth of work. So, yeah. uh, T20 cricket won't go away. It's only nah. going to get bigger. But no. I just feel like it's sort of running its race a little bit in Australia. I think that's a pretty fair comment. I think so too. Um, yeah. The Aussie women got to 26 ODI wins straight, which isn't a bad effort. But India finally broke their streak. So for that 26th um, game, it was an yeah. absolute thriller. Beth Mooney scored an incredible ton, batted the entire innings, held a bat. Um, the last ball of... The game, Aussies needed three to win. Um, and then Nick Carey got a full toss, just completely just came straight off the stickers, went straight square leg, caught yep. out, and the Indians are just losing their shit. And then the umps are like, hey, we better check that for a no ball. It was just a no ball. I think it was, oh, but like it, it, it was, was it was quite on. No and then so the Aussies need two off the last ball, hit it to mid on run the two and get home in an absolute thriller. So yeah. they kept that going and then India won, but we won't talk about that because nah. <laughs> boring. Um, the Aussies, yeah, anyway, 26 straight's a fair old effort from the Aussie women. Yep. Um, and then the with Sheffield. That, um, but that sick ton was, was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that so was good as good. She, a, she that was, and like, like that oh, and if, like you treat yourself to a couple of those highlights. She's playing like reverse paddle ramps and shit yeah. like that. Like yeah. 
it is some seriously skillful batting. And she's yeah. made, I don't have it in front of me. It's a, She made 126 or something. Yeah. Batted the entire inning, saw him home. So that was pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, and the Sheffield Shield has started. So it's all a bit weird. Known. Nah, so it's all a bit weird. The New South Wales and Victoria can't actually play because they can't, like all the other states have just locked New South Wales yeah. and Victoria out. So they're just going to sit on their hands and not play for a few weeks, I think, or probably a couple of months, maybe even. Probably. Um, so, and then there was meant to be another match between Tassie and Brisbane starting today, but that got called off because of that Brisbane COVID scare. So <laughs> the only game of cricket that is going on in Australia was at Karen Rolton Oval in South Australia on an absolute highway. And... <laughs> Um, the scores were, oh shit, I had him here in front of me. Give me a sec. Oh wait, yeah. It was, uh, so, South Australia all out for 4.92. Yeah. Um, in WA there. in the first innings, first nine innings. declared for 4.65, South Australia 4.92 and then Western Australia again, six for 2.92. So yep. they called it a draw. They did not even get remotely close to a result. No. But. There's the right people making runs on this absolute road. So, yeah. Shawnee Marsh has made another early season ton. He loves yeah. some early season Sheffield Shield tons. Yeah. Lives for it. Um, and then Cam Green made a ton as well, which is good to see. Uh, Josh Phillippe made 77. So, Warney will fucking lose his shit over that. <laughs> um, and then... Hilton Cartwright. Young Jake, yeah, Hilton Cartwright made a ton. Yep. Um I completely forgot about him. He played for Australia like five years ago. That's weird. Yeah. Um, and then Jakey Carter as well, who I'd never heard of. Yeah, but he made a ton for South Australia. And most importantly, Travis Head made a big daddy. He made 163. So yep. big daddy tons from Travis Head is good. Just hope that he might actually be able to put that into some Ashes runs. Well, um, well at we looked five. at... Um, but obviously, let, we'll talk about Sean Marsh's uh, century. It was a great knock. Um, yeah. But in the second innings, it uh, looked like he was establishing himself there at the crease. Copped a full bung up from none other than Clayton Oliver's... Oh, Lloyd Pope. <laughs> Clayton Oliver's <laughs> long-lost brother uh, syndrome, uh, Lloyd Pope. Um, a proper leg side full bunger, which is just oh. coughed up <laughs> mid wicket's throat, and it was disgusting to say the least. And if you're getting out like that in Sheffield Shield, don't come Monday. Oh, was, I tell you that what, was Ill. <laughs> I have no doubt that Sean Marsh will turn out another two centuries before the Ashes squad is picked. And just like he is every single year for the last like fifteen to twenty years. Sean Marsh will be in the conversation for an Ashes birth. They'll be like, oh, gee, I tell you what, he can bat, you know, he could open if he needed to, but he can bat three, four, five, could even bat six. Like, you know, if we need someone to plug a spot, Shawnee Marsh is there. Yeah. And look, he looks so beautiful. Oh, and he looks so beautiful making his runs. Like, his technique is just so, like, full face in the bat. It's It's so good. It's Ponting-esque. But it just doesn't make a runs. little, but just doesn't make any runs. <laughs> oh, anywho. Poor fella. But yeah, look, um, Sheffield Shield is just going to be between South Australia and Western Australia for the next few months. I hope you get used to it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure, Tom, you'll be all over it. 
But oh, I will be. I will be. Coming live from Karen Rowell Noble and Park 25 in South Australia. It's going to be great. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, it doesn't look like we've got heaps of hope for our leg spinner uh, in Lloyd Pope playing, Australia, uh, playing for Australia anytime soon. He takes wickets, but fuck, he leaks runs. He leaks yep. so many runs. He went, it was three for 123 in that second innings um, when Western Australia only made 292. So he's worth nearly half their runs. Um, <laughs> actually, he is. He's over half their it runs. Was, it was an absolute road. And like, like the dudes, poor kids never played on a pitch, on a pitch that actually spins in Australia yeah. ever. Yeah. So look, it's he's tough, done pretty, tough gig. He's done pretty well for himself though. Four in the first, three in the second. Yeah. So he's come away with seven wickets for the, for the contest. But like, it's just, it's so many runs. Like, He's got I just to don't know, like, when you're getting those sort of results, though, like, what is that game? Like, that must just be such a weird game to play in because you can tell by, like, day two that there's not going to be a result. Like, yeah. Stumps day two, you're like, this next two ga- next two days of cricket is essentially worthless. Like, it's, when the it's, first team scores 492 and the second scores 465. Yeah. And only, you know, I don't know, it's just... It's yeah, terrible. Anyway, terrible as a bowler, I can tell you that just much. Roads. I've only played I can in imagine. one or two. Like we played four day of tests. Um, yeah, I've only played on one or two of them, and they are like you wake up in the morning of the third day knowing you're going to go out and bowl, and there's going to be no result. And it doesn't matter how many wickets you take, you're not going to get there. And it's just like, I'm literally just batting practice to these fuckwits. <laughs> this is a glorified net. <laughs> it's just it's just like an official net session that gets recorded uh, against you. Yeah. And I'm just like, why would I want to be here? Like, It's just stupid. Anyway. A uh, um, couple I, more quick ones. Uh, um, you've got the Union. Yeah, so the Wallabies won three on the trot. So they beat the Argentinians who aren't an absolute powerhouse, but they're not too bad. So the Wallabies have won three on the trot for the first time in like, I think it's four or five years or something. So look, they're good on them. Good, good on, on them, them, I guess. Um, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, as I said in the intro, I would not like to get on the wrong side of him at Shit, the Warula no. Sports Club. Shit, he no. would do some damage. That man can fight. He what? I'm just trying to get up what a weight featherweight is in the UFC. <laughs> it's it's one of the lighter ones. He, I think it's like 74 kilos or 72 kilos or something, isn't it? Where are we Maybe at? even less. I don't know. Uh, it is up to 145 pounds. So I'll just get that uh, pounds to... The old Google calculator. Uh, 60, 65, 65 60. kilos. So he's light. Like, he's really light. And he, in his post-match press conference, I was listening to it yep. today, he used to play prop when he played rugby. Yeah. Yep. Like, and so he said that he felt, he fought at welterweight, which yep. I'm pretty sure welterweight is, um, that's, I think it's about 162 or something. Yeah, so it's like I think he's that's like up to 80, 80 kilos or something like that. Is yep. welterweight or eighty five kilos? Yep. So he's lost pretty much twenty kilos and just made himself into this buff ass midget. 
that well, can he throw was, hands. <laughs> when when he was playing prop, I saw an interview with him as well. He was like ninety seven kilos or something. He's only like five foot, like two or three. Like he's fucking short. He's short. I would not call him tiny to his face at all, but he's <laughs> short. Um, and yeah, the dude he can ground and pound. Oh, and he, I don't know if you've watched the highlights of the fight, Tom, but... Yeah, I did, um, actually. Brian Ortega had him... Uh, hats off to Brian Ortega because he got fucking mauled that whole yeah. whole time. And he had him in a guillotine choke, uh, which was proper tight. Like, yeah. I thought it was all over. Um, you could see him kind of losing it, but just ran out of gas and... Um, he just slipped off and just released it's the pressure so a little slippery. bit. Just so slippery. just well, you can imagine in there. Lovinovsky's just so slippery, <laughs> covered in sweat and blood and yeah. shit. It would be pretty oh. hard to bloody lock that up. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. Unless you had the right position, and he's just so bloody strong. Um, I think so. That's something that guy. And the thing that I notice is Brian Ortega's. He's quite thin. He can box, but. He's quite just like long and lanky and kind of just yep. throws his hands out there. Yep. When Volk throws his punches, they are quick and they hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. literally like what you said, the last kind last bloke I'd want to run into at the Warrior Sports Club. So um yeah, good on him. Like he's going absolute like places. I think, uh, I think that's ten is he ten and oh in the UFC now? Is that right? Uh, could be. I thought he was higher. I think he's, his professional record is like twenty-one and one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's right. And I think so. he's. Yeah, I think he's like ten straight. He, yeah, right. I'm fairly sure he's ten and zero, but I could be wrong. He's um, but his only loss he, was he's at pretty good to wait. I think. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, so he's five foot right. six. He's five foot six. Like that's tiny, bro. That's so small, um, but. <laughs> Dude, can, dude would smash the shit out of anyone he walked up to. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Bloody oath. I was. That was such a good fight. That was one of the. It was a fight for the ages. That one. Um. Yep. And on that UFC event too, I don't know if you know them, but Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz, who, yeah, back, way I, back. I'm talking like yep. UFC, we're at like UFC, sixty something. UFC two sixty something. This is back like 150, UFC 150 around then yep. that these yep. boys were fighting. And this was their trilogy fight. <laughs> um, Robbie Lawler came out. He wanted to get back into the sport. He's looking ripped. He's like put on muscle and he's just like ready to fight. And then it just cuts over the Nick Diaz that looks like he's just gotten out of bed uh, after having Maccas for dinner the night before. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll throw hands at this bloke. <laughs> He's yeah. got the beard. He looks rough as shit and <laughs> and fat, like <laughs> not not in good shape. And you can tell halfway through the first round, dude was panting for air. <laughs> um, to be fair, lasted until the third round until Robbie Lawler gave him a good uppercut that rocked him and he just dropped and, and quit. Um, yeah. But... It, it was this that was both their first fight back in a fair while and it was a five round five round fight and I don't know why like, <laughs> it was just ridiculous anyway uh, that was just something f- f- that was pretty funny to watch if you go back yeah. and get to watch some I highlights did, that was a pretty I good he- fight to watch I did hear the um I did hear the Hello Sport boys going on about it and they were just saying like 
Volkanovski Ortega fight was like one of the best. Like people are saying, it's one of the best you'll ever see. Yeah. And then these two just like blokes who look like they're closer to the retirement home than, <laughs> yeah. um, than like professional athletes. And Nick Diaz looks like he's about out. sixty years old. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Poor oh. poor guy's got the shit bit out of him, and it's not the first time that's happened either. He looks like yeah. he's had the shit bit out of him a lot. Um. <laughs> But uh, good, you know, good on him for getting back in there because the sure as shit I wouldn't get back I wouldn't get in there. Um, uh, we'll float to Philly just quickly to finish off. Um, yeah. Ben Simmons has ju- he's just stopped rocking up to work. So that's <laughs> you've been reading about this. I don't know, Tom. I don't get paid to not go to work, so neither should he. <laughs> Tell you what, fuck nah. me, Dad. It's not hard to play sport for you. Just, for a living. just go up and shoot a basketball. Up. He hasn't picked up a Philly phone call for like the last, I don't know, what, six to eight weeks. And then he's just like, yeah, I don't feel like coming to work anymore. I want to go work somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) And the worst thing is, (laughs) the worst thing is, too, is that Philly, like, expect to get so much. Like, they were going to do a trade with Denver that would bring Jamal Murray. Yeah, I saw that. Granted, post ACL surgery, but. Jamal Murray, a player of his caliber, he is elite. He would like be so yeah. good paired with Joel Embiid. But Philly wanted yeah. him and draft picks and someone else for Ben Simmons, and for and Denver were like, stick it, like no. But, <laughs> but Philly don't rate him, so like, how do they <laughs> expect? Why do they expect everyone else to rate him? unbelievably highly if you don't rate him yourselves like it just doesn't make sense anyway i hope ben can get back on the straight and narrow and sort his shit out um I hope so and too. then just to finish uh in the nfl our boys the philly eagles did you watch any of this parks no they i got haven't pumped so i know they got pumped but i haven't watched it no i think it was 41 21 um our favorite sons jordan maylada and aaron sipos i think they were solid from what i could tell in the little replay that I watched. But the defense was just nowhere. It was just non-existent. The Dallas QB, Dak Prescott, have you heard of him? Yes, I have heard of Dak oh, Prescott. okay, He's okay. pretty elite. Yep, so he may... Well, he probably is pretty elite, but he made the Philly defense look shit. They just <laughs> rolled all the way down the park as easy as you like. Um, and, yeah, so, look, we need a fair bit from... A fair bit of lift from the uh, the Philly defense. Yep. Um, but I'm pretty sure Jordan Maylard was good. And yeah, I don't really know about Aaron Sipos. But I saw Dill him Buckley. the other day. Fuck, he's a big boy. Holy shit. Oh, Maylard. We've, we've discussed yeah. it so many times, but he is so big. That's <laughs> nah, all right. He's like he's like a pinup boy. We're allowed to discuss him as much as, you want, as much as we want. Yeah. Um, and then Dill Buckley had Aaron Sipos on his show. Dylan Friends, obviously. Yeah. And he's since declared that he is also going to back the um, the Philly Eagles. So yeah, nice little bit of synergy there. So yep. the uh, the two major Aussie podcasting tycoons yeah um, of yeah you know us Jumped and the, Dylan on, friends on the right Eagles. behind the Eagles. So hopefully that can help them turn their fortunes around a little bit. But well, well let's let's cross. hope so because goddamn they're getting pumped. Every week, like, yeah, but they had that good win first week and then just got yep. pumped both back to back. So, let's hope that they can pull something out here. Um, 
yeah, I'm I'm all about. I'm going to start watching it. I need to start watching it. Um, I'll watch the highlights tonight, but yeah, um, yeah Get I start getting into it because like it's so hard. It's just so much different sport going on. Once AFL and NRL oh. have now fucked off. Yep. Like, I'm not going to watch the Sheffield Shield. I'm not going to watch South Australia versus Western Australia every week. Oh, so I will. I, yeah, I know you will, so you can go with that. And I'll get on the NFL and start covering that a bit more and, and have a bit more information for you. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, for, all. thanks for the chat, Parks. That's, that is all. Thank you very much, Tom. It was great to chat to you again, mate. Always a pleasure, never a chore, mate. Right, I'll talk to you later. Bye.